1: It's all even with your boy Barry Grant. You can catch me on Instagram and Twitter at All Even Podcast. You can listen to the show on SoundCloud as well as YouTube, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, wherever you find your podcast available. And trust me, go to YouTube, hit that subscribe button, like, share, comment. Cause like I said, the page is growing, baby. Y'all all even wave. Get on that wave. Don't get left behind. Lots to get into. NFL, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are at odds, and I agree with Aaron Rodgers. The Mets are in shambles. They just fired some coaches today. I'm going to get into that. NBA, the Lakers won a game, and now they're feeling good about themselves, but they really shouldn't feel that good because I don't see much positives going out of this. The Knicks have done something they haven't done in seven or eight years. And then the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. So let's just jump right into it. You ever had that time when you were a kid where you just used to be envious of the guy that used to live down the street that had everything? You know, he had all the the latest toys, the latest bike, whatever it was. Like, everybody played at his house and, you know, you always had to go over there or, you know, y'all would rendezvous outside. But then when everything went down, it was at his house or something like that. And you kind of was just like, man, I, I wish I kind of had some stuff like that. You know, not saying that it's, it's anybody's fault. Like, you know, your parents work hard and they can't afford certain things or whatever. You know, some people are, are luckier than others. But the feeling of not having, it can really make you, I don't know, jealous. The green eye, that green eye of jealousy, right? It exists. Some people have it more than others. But we're all human. Like We feel jealous at times. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are really at a crossroads. Aaron Rodgers is not happy with the organization. He hasn't been happy with this organization for a long time. And it's due to the fact that the Green Bay Packers organization has a lot of hubris. They believe that how they do things, and how they operate has always worked. They can be able to find diamonds in the rough from anywhere, not spend a ton of money, release guys, and be able to fill those holes with other guys. And that strategy may work for some other teams that don't have the lineage that Green Bay does. But Green Bay, with two Hall of Famers, One, potential future Hall of Famer, and the other one, a bona fide Hall of Famer, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, the last two Green Bay quarterbacks. They have two Super Bowl victories between them. 30 years, two Super Bowls. With that talent, they should at least have five. But they don't have five because of the organization, of how cheap they are, how they don't want to surround these guys with talent. It's so ridiculous to even think, that Aaron Rodgers hasn't had really a legitimate team around him since the time they got to the Super Bowl and won, when they beat Pittsburgh. That was the only time I saw Green Bay make some moves. And guess what happened? They capitalized and won a Super Bowl. So fast forward now, Brady leaves New England after being under Bill Belichick's reign for 20-plus years, and he wins a Super Bowl In his first year in Tampa. Doing it his way. Having fun. Having a say in what goes on. Getting guys there. It worked. You don't think Aaron is watching that? You don't think guys like Russell Wilson. Are watching that? Of course they are. And Aaron Rodgers is looking at it like. Okay. You guys are stalling on contract negotiations. You guys. Got rid of some offensive lineman that we had you didn't want to sign J.J. Watt when he wanted to be here the only reason why you signed back Aaron Jones is because you got him on a cheap all of these things that they've done why would Aaron Rodgers want to stay he is feeling like the kid in the window that's looking at everybody having fun Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to do that anymore Aaron Rodgers wants to go somewhere that he can be able to express himself and have fun and have the control that he wants to. I don't blame him. Green Bay is a dumpster fire when it comes to getting talent. Look what they did in this year's draft. Another draft gone, no skill position, guys. Probably one or two. But the year before that, they drafted Jordan Love out of Utah State, and he didn't dress for one game he wasn't even the backup to the backup to the backup what are we doing here and you expect Aaron Rodgers to be happy after going against Tampa Bay after seeing that defense of how great it was being within striking distance in regards to tying the game or winning the game and your coach doesn't allow you to go for it on fourth down and you're the MVP of this season not MVP 10 years ago 15 years ago. You are the MVP of the season, and they take the ball out of your hands. How would you feel? I'll tell you how I would feel. If I wasn't in there swinging, I'd be on the first thing smoking out of town. Seriously. So you can understand why Aaron Rodgers wants to host Jeopardy, why he has different aspirations. He doesn't care about being in Green Bay. And furthermore, it was never an ideal fit anyway. Green Bay was the last place that Aaron Rodgers wanted to play. He wanted to play for the 49ers. Instead, he had to wait and wait and wait and wait until Green Bay took him. But that wasn't where he wanted to play. The fit was never ideal. And now, look, he's in the same situation that Brett Favre was in when he got there. Brett Favre still wants to play. He still wants to play at a high level. He still wants to do things his way. But yet they got this young guy who they're prepping who they think is going to be the future the heir apparent Aaron Rodgers sees the writing on the wall this is why he's so adamant on them committing to him long term and getting a new deal done and they're dragging their feet so why would you want to stay here when they're trying to somehow needle you out Oh, yeah, Aaron, you know, we're, we're, we'll we speak about contract negotiations later, but, you know, can, can we just concentrate on the season? No, I don't want to concentrate on the season. Pay me. If you don't pay me, then get me out of town. That's where Aaron Rodgers is at. He wants to go to the Raiders. He likes the Broncos. I don't blame Aaron Rodgers here. I really don't. Where's the Hall of Famers that he's playing with? Where are the... All pro guys consistently. Where are the great defenders that he's playing with? There are none. They're a good team. They're decent. They have a great talent at quarterback, a Hall of Fame quarterback. But they're not a great team. And this is why when they go against teams like Tampa, they go against teams like the San Francisco 49ers two years ago, they get dogged because they do not match up well with those teams. Tom Brady has Bruce Arians. Aaron Rodgers has Matt Lachoke. That's what he has. Guys that think they know what they're doing, have a handle on things, but they really don't. They really don't. So why should Aaron have to deal with this any longer? He's told members of the organization that he doesn't see himself coming back next season. And the fact that they got rid of Kumaro, one of the wide receivers that he was very fond with, good friends with, they cut him a day after he gave the guy praise. What, is that, what does that make you think? Okay, I like this guy, so they get rid of him? So you don't want me happy? What organization you know doesn't want to keep their quarterback happy? This is, this is a big problem. It's a big problem. Quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers should be sitting pretty, not worried about contracts or where they, they fit in their organization or what type of power struggle they're going through. It shouldn't be like that. No. He should be able to just pick and choose what's going on, what guys he wants offensively, work together with the head coach, the OC, the GM, the owner. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's not that in Green Bay. And it hasn't been like that for quite some time. Because even before Matt LaFleur got there with the little tension that him and Aaron have, Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers couldn't stand each other. They couldn't stand each other. And it got so toxic to the end that they never spoke to each other at all. They only spoke to each other at game time. And that's because they had to. It's because they had to. Other than that, there was no conversations had. Both guys had big egos. Both guys just didn't want to deal with each other. And Mike McCarthy thought he was bigger than Aaron Rodgers. To the point where Aaron Rodgers went down, got hurt, and he thought that Brett Hundley was going to be able to take over easily and get them to where they needed to be. Wrong. Never developed Brett Hundley. Never actually took the time to develop this guy. The quarterback's coach was bad. It was just you saw the 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 change in offense. You saw how bad they looked without Aaron Rodgers. That should show you and make you understand the importance of having a guy like Aaron Rodgers. Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers with a team like Kansas City? Can you imagine Aaron Rodgers with weapons that Oakland has with Darren Waller, Henry Ruggs and all of them? It would be insane. So what do I think the resolution is going to be? What's going to happen here in Green Bay? Do I think that Green Bay trades Aaron Rodgers? Not willingly. I believe that they will speak to him or try to speak to him, and he won't hear any of it unless they're willing to pay him. But I will tell you this. Green Bay can be able to save themselves if they make this one move. They possibly may be able to get Aaron Rodgers to stay. Get Julio Jones. If you get Julio Jones on the Green Bay Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers would be like. You know what? I'll be able to figure it out here. Because. You give me another weapon besides Devontae Adams. Who's been his only guy since Jordy Nelson left. And was no more. right? But. If you get a guy like Julio Jones to pair with Devontae. Now you're talking. You got Aaron Jones complimenting them, Tanyan. They, so they got, they will have something there offensively. Is it going to be enough to beat teams like Tampa Bay and Seattle, Los Angeles, Minnesota? We don't know. But at least for the first time in Aaron Rodgers' career, he'd have two wide receivers to trust. He'd have two guys that he can be able to actually depend on. And that says a lot, especially to an aging quarterback who's turning 38 years old, if he's not 38 already. This is very important. This is a very important year for the Packers. It's a very important year for Aaron Rodgers. They got to understand that. You can't just think that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay because – He's been here this long. Tom Brady has shown quarterbacks in their advanced ages that there is grass that is greener on the other side, that you can actually have more fun late in your career, that you can actually have more power and have more say late in your career. Could you imagine that? And if Green Bay ends up not doing that, then Aaron Rodgers just needs to retire. Retire, let them figure it out. Let them play with Jordan Love, pause, and see how things take them because I can guarantee they go forward with Jordan Love, they can think about a high draft pick that year. They can think about being a really, really bad team because Jordan Love is nowhere near ready to play in the NFL. And they know that. This is why they're not pushing Aaron out the door They're kind of just like nudging him a little bit. It's It's not a complete shove. It's not a kick to the back. It's more like a nudge. Because they still need time to figure it out. They still need time to have that guy develop. Because things come full circle. They always do. Aaron Rodgers gets there, like I said before. And they wait a couple years until Aaron's ready. And then they kick Brett Favre out the door. Aaron Rodgers sees that and Aaron Rodgers knows there is no way they're going to treat him like Brett Favre. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. What's going to happen is that Aaron Rodgers ends up going into business for himself and instead of him looking out the window at the kid that has the big bike and everybody surrounding this kid and everything is all great on that side he ends up creating his own situation, getting his own bike, getting new friends that can be able to rendezvous at his house and hell if that doesn't happen, if that doesn't work out there's always jeopardy. Coming up after the break, the Mets are very met-like right now. On a Tuesday night it's all even. Yo, what's your man, DJ G Money from that? Flip the script podcast. Yeah, Let's see yeah, it. We yeah, in the yeah. studio right now. Flip shut yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> listen. Shout out
0: to the Old Even Podcast. My All man, yeah. Barry
1: Grant oh, Jr. Jr. Like whoa, 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 whoa. What's up, man? Whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? What you, what, you, what you want to say to
0: the people? You shout out to somebody young podcast?
1: Oh, yeah, don't make it to join you. What's up? Oh Even? Oh even. even
0: Podcast? Yo, it ain't even up here, boy. We put this, yo, what's up, man? Even. Yo, you, oh my god. What's <laughs> up with you, man? Now, you, gonna, well, that's a shout out. you keeping this? Yeah, keep all that. <laughs> you all Even Podcast, right? Yeah, All Even. Shout out to Even Podcast, right? All Even? That's your man? My man. All right, shout out to All Even Podcast. He cool? 100%, 100%, 100%. He cool. Is he? he cool? Let me see. Is he cool? He cool? He cool? He cool? He cool? He cool? Let cool Welcome
1: back, y'all. The Mets are off to a shaky start this year. And it's very met like isn't it? Optimism in spring training. We sign Lindor. And DeGrom is pitching great. It's a Hall of Fame pitcher at this point, in my opinion. I don't care what anybody says. But the Mets can't hit. They can't hit anything. They couldn't hit me if I was standing in front of them. And they had a cricket bat in their hand. That's how bad it is. But what do we see? We don't hear accountability from the organization in regards to, we got to make sure that these players are ready. No, no, no. What we see is scapegoats get fired. Chili Davis, the hitting coach, gets fired. As well as Coach Slater, they're the ones that are left holding the bag. But what's funny to me about the whole Chili Davis ousting is that This offense was really, really good under Chili Davis. They hit a lot over the last couple seasons. So to fire a guy after having positive results just feels very, very iffy to me. But it's not not nothing that I'm shocked about. You know why? Because it's the Mets. That's what they do. They do things that we don't understand. Hell, You had Pete Alonso say that he didn't understand the move. He heard about it through text. Then when they had a conversation or a meeting about it to explain why they did it, it still didn't make sense to him. Francisco Lindor, the newest Met, says, yeah, you know, he feels bad at the fact that he didn't hit. And maybe if his batting average was a little higher or he drove in a couple more runs, maybe Chili Davis would still have his job. But I don't believe so. I just believe that the Mets like to use people as scapegoats. Chelly Davis is the easy one to point in and say, look, they're not hitting, so it's got to be his fault, right? Has nothing to do with maybe Michael Conforto is pressing in a contract year after not saying that he's going to cut off negotiations before the start of the season. No, no, no. We can be able to negotiate through the season. You can see that he's pressing. Everybody else is just, they don't look good right now. Something's going on. So if it's not the hitting coach that's the problem, it's not defense because the Mets defense is not that bad. What could I possibly look at to see why the Mets are performing the way they are? Could it be the babysitting coach that we have in Luis Rojas? That's where I'm going. I don't advocate for most people to get fired because everybody needs a job out there. It's hard. Even in sports, these are once-in-a-lifetime type of opportunities. I get all that. But sometimes you're in over your head. Sometimes you're not meant for the position that you're in, and it shows. Luis Rojas was not the particular favorite candidate here. This is Carlos Beltran's job that he got taken away from him because of the Houston scandal. I get that. There's nothing wrong with walking away and trying to, you know, wipe away that stink. That's fine. But Luis Rojas is not the guy. I knew that 30 games into last season, even in the shortened 2020 COVID year, I saw it. I saw a guy that's well-respected and, you know, the organization loves him. People around baseball respect him, but I saw a guy that was way in over his head. When your ball players don't look ready to play a baseball game, when they're not focused in the in the batter's box, when their approach looks crazy, yeah, you can be able to look at the hitting coach, but you can also look at your manager. That's where I'm going. And what's crazy about Luis Rojas is that he's actually in a contract year. So he's a lame duck coach at that. So the hitting coach is gone. The backup instructor guy is gone. What do you think is going to happen next? Yeah, they have to say, oh, no, 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 no. Luis's job is not at at stake. You know, he's not on the hot seat. Yeah, right. Let the Mets go on a 10-game losing streak right now. You think Luis Rojas is going to be there? Shouldn't be. Shouldn't be there now. I just don't think he's a good coach. Say what you want about Terry Collins and how he couldn't win the big one, fine. But Terry Collins was a great manager. Terry Collins got his guys ready. Terry Collins showed fire and emotion and passion. That old-ass man used to get up in the umpire's faces, kick dirt on him. That's what we needed. That's what we need now. So this guy that just sits there with this stoic look on his face when something goes down you don't back your players. I'm sick of that. I'm sick of looking at Luis Rojas. I'm not going to lie to you. I just don't think that he's a good manager. He's not Alex Cora. He's not any of these guys. He's not Don Mattingly. He's not Dave Roberts. So why should we be able to feel good about this? Feel good about this guy? How many more games Do we need to see Luis Rojas manage before we say, okay, enough? Are you going to wait until they're five games under 500? Ten games under 500? When? When is the actual point where you say, enough? Because I'm already there. I've been there. And if things couldn't get any worse for the Mets, Jacob DeGrom was scratched from his start tonight against the Cardinals for You know, some pain in the side. He got an MRI, found out that he has some lat inflammation. He's not going to pitch for a couple of days. So that's decent news to say that he's not going to be on the IL for any significant amount of time. But it's just one of those things where your best pitcher goes down and there's the season. That's what it feels like. And I'm over here like, oh, well, this this is just not good. We got a game tonight. And maybe the baseball gods have shined their light on us because the game was postponed. Thank you. Thank you for saving me from having to use blood pressure medication. I'm telling you because that's how it feels when I watch my games. It's just, it's not, it's not a happy time right now. And every time I see Luis Rojas, I want to break my TV. Not going to lie to you. So we'll see how, how things turn out, but I'm not optimistic. I'm really not optimistic about it at all. In other news, though, in the NBA, LeBron James is back. They end up picking up a big win against the Denver Nuggets. And LeBron James actually didn't even play that game. Anthony Davis had a big game, 25.7 rebounds. He had like two blocks or so, had the game ceiling block to win the game. And after the game, Anthony Davis said, we're back. You know, we, we, we feel good. We're back. Back where? Back where? Because from what I saw, I saw a Denver team that shot 6 for 24 from 3. They didn't really look that enthused. And you guys won the game. Great. I love my Lakers, but I got to be a realist. And then on top of that now, they have the Clippers and they have the Blazers back-to-back. And guess who's not playing? LeBron James, yeah, that guy. He's not playing. re that that ankle injury. So he's going to be out for those two games, which are huge. Because the Lakers sit currently in fifth right now. They're a half game up on the Mavericks. They're a full game up on the Blazers. And there's playoff implications in these two games. It's big. And for LeBron James to miss it, I just it just shows you how how he's not 100%, how he's not even close to being 100%. And what do the Lakers do? If they continue to free fall, they're going to be in that play-in tournament, and they don't want to be there. They don't want to be there. And on top of that, you got Dennis Schroeder. He's out on COVID protocols. Great, great. Everything is just falling apart at the seams for the Lakers right now. Then you have Andre Drummond, who's not playing too well defensively. Him and AD don't really look that cohesive. And I'm starting to think if Anthony Davis is really the guy. Is he a number one? I don't don't particularly think so anymore. I think he's a damn good solid number two. He can never be a number one. I saw what the Lakers' future is going to look like without LeBron James. And I'm scared to death. Because if Anthony Davis has to be the guy, this team ain't never, never getting back to championship level. He's just not that type of player. He needs an alpha dog. He's the Nightwing to Batman. Nightwing is not his own man. Yeah, he can be out there and do his thing for a while, but everybody looks at him and they know that he's not the guy. They know that. Let's just face it, folks. The Lakers are bad right now. I make fun of the, the Clippers saying that they're in the basement with the dehumidifiers. Guess what? The Lakers are in the penthouse with no heat on. So trust me, everybody can look from the outside and look how nice the house is and all that. But inside, it's a nice box. It's cold. Can't pay the rent, can't pay the heat. That's what it looks like inside. It's a dumpster fire. They don't know exactly what's going on. We have no idea how this is going to work going forward. And they're just kind of going through the motions. There's no passion. There's no sense of urgency to even say, like, listen, yo, we're on the verge of being in this play-in tournament. We have to get out of here. We got to finish fifth. We got to finish fifth. We have to finish above that seventh seed. No. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Ron James be back. Like, it's just, at some point, you got to understand that you can't flip the switch. That adjustments are needed in order for you to get back to a level that you feel that the team is capable of playing. Otherwise, you might as well just pack it up. Pack it up and not even worry about the season. Come back next season. But here's the sad part or the bad part for the Lakers. They have a ton of question marks for next season. Possibly the entire roster, other than Anthony Davis and LeBron James, are up. Alex Caruso, Schroeder. Harrell, Wesley Matthews, THT. Everybody looks like they're up, so they have to execute. They have to capitalize on possibly, you know, getting to this back-to-back championship and then figuring out later. But to 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 be in this predicament, to not know exactly what's gonna happen in free agency with your players, and still have these injury concerns and you have no idea what seed you are, you're still battling for a playoff spot with eight games to go, that wasn't the plan. That was not the plan. They expected to clinch by now and figure it out, and then if they wanted to rest, guys, it's up to them. But it's playoff time now for them. They have to be in playoff mode, and they're still in regular season mode. They cannot flip the switch right now. They are not capable of turning on those Jets. They really aren't. And and here's the crazy part. Is that they possibly may end up doing that. We saw how they struggled in the bubble last year. And everybody was talking how bad they looked. And Lakers have no shot of beating the Clippers. Or winning a title. And blah, blah, blah. And guess what? They flipped the switch. But the difference between last year and this year. Is that they were not injury riddled. This is a team that is banged up and banged up badly so we'll see but i i'm not too optimistic about them being able to turn it on i'm really not is it possible hell yes it's possible lebron james the best player on the planet of course anthony davis best sidekick on the planet of course will it happen i don't know i don't know in other news though The Knicks finally have clinched a winning record for the first time in eight years. So crazy to actually think that the Knicks were a laughing stock a couple of years ago when Kyrie and KD said no to MSG and they went to Brooklyn. And all was lost, right? They had like 15 power forwards on their roster and then came Leon Rose and World Wide West, and they kind of figured out how to do things. They kind of realized that, listen, let's develop the guys that we have here. Let's not chase stars. Let's not do that. Let's develop these guys so we can be able to turn them into trade pieces and trade assets just in case things do turn around. That was what I wanted the Knicks to do for 15 to 20 years now was that Develop your own guys. Create your own stars. You're not Los Angeles. You can't be like the Lakers where you can be able to grab stars from any team and, you know, put them on your roster and now they become Laker legends. You can't do that. You can't operate that way. You have to operate like Sam Preston the OKC Thunder. You have to draft well. You have to develop your guys and you have to hope to pay them. The Knicks can do that. They have... New York to sell they have the historical franchise to sell but the one thing that they never realized or thought that they needed to do was develop talent and now they have that mindset Tom Thibodeau shouts to him shouts to Homer Simpson that's what I call him Uh, he's done a great job in regards to getting this team ready defensively they look like they're ready to play basketball every night Derrick Rose has been a great trade coming off the bench averaging 17 18 points a game Julius Randle, 24, 10, and 6. R.J. Barrett filling in as that secondary piece. So things are moving, man. They're looking good. And I I said it on a couple podcasts before this. Like, I want Knicks fans to enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride, enjoy what you're seeing. This team is really, really good. They're fun to watch. They have good concepts. They play well together defensively. I think they're fourth in defensive efficiency. Lakers are number one. We know that. But, you know, the, the Knicks, are they're, they're a good team. They're a good basketball team. I can I can really say that. It's shocking to say, but they're really a good basketball team. So people have to really understand that, realize that, appreciate that, and enjoy what they're seeing. Don't project down the road and say, oh, we can be able to compete. No, no, no just get to the playoffs, play your first round matchup, see what happens, and if you win that matchup, then guess what? You focus on the next matchup. But you don't project two rounds down. That's not what you do. You got to stay focused on what's going on. Julius Randle is going to win most improved player. You know that this is this is good. This is good stuff. He may end up being all NBA second or third team. I'm sure. So there's a lot of things, and now you're hearing rumblings about other star players starting to look at New York as possibly a destination. That was the goal, but you had to take care of home base first, which they've done. So kudos to the Knicks, and I'll go out on the limb and say it, that they are one of those teams in the Eastern Conference that people don't want to see. Brooklyn doesn't want to see them right now. I don't think the Hawks want to see them. I think that's going to be a really, really good matchup. But no team really wants to see those Knicks. They play hard. They get in your face. They're not scared. They play a brand of basketball that's like really in your face and they're really physical and they're competitive. So if teams are not ready to play out out the gate, Knicks will punch you in the mouth. That's the type of team that they have. I like that. They haven't had a team like that in a long time, since the 90s, where you can be able to say, hey, the Knicks hang their hat on defense, and they got guys that will literally punch you in the mouth. Literally. So, you know, it, it's 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 a good thing to see. I want to see how it continues to unfold. Like I said, I am sitting back, and I just want to see how they develop and how they play in that first-round matchup because it's all about the adjustments. Can Tom Thibodeau make the adjustments? He's never really been a coach that does that. In his career. So we'll see if he can be able to learn from his mistakes. And, and push forward. It's all about developing. Players are doing it. The assistant coaches are doing it. The head coach has to do it. The GM and, and the owners do it now. Everybody is learning new tricks. New tools. So they're all doing this together in New York. And it's it's really, really fun to watch. So I gotta salute those Knicks, man. Knicks fans, eh, not so much. Cause y'all are y'all a little obnoxious, you know. But the Knicks, Nick organization, y'all y'all get my respect, man. Y'all definitely y'all definitely get my credit, but those Knicks fans, they are they're something else. We are going to win. We are going to get this guy just just relax. Just relax. Cool out. Cuz this is going to be the same Knicks fans that you got to talk off the ledge when they get swept in the playoffs or you know, something like that happens. So let's just keep things Let's keep things in perspective, all right? Let's just, let's not get crazy. <laughs> Coming up after the break, the greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week, on a Tuesday night. It's all even. This is Cigar Jensen Gals. Just want to give a shout out to All Even Podcast, the best sports podcast out there. Give up the amazing work. Also check us out at CigarJensenGals.com. We're everyday apparel for cigar smokers. Let's get it. What's going on? What's up with you? It's your boy, the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D. It's your boy, Alfred, from the Rap Lab Podcast. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG from the Rap Lab Podcast. And you tuned in to All Even with Barry Grant. Boy, that shit crazy. Welcome back, y'all. So without further ado... The greatest segment on the planet, Dummy of the Week. Dummy. Yeah. We pick candidates on Tuesday and Saturday, and then we pick the winner on that Saturday show. So who are my candidates for today? We actually have two. May I have the drum roll, please? And the first candidate is LeBron James. Four-time NBA champion. Currently with the Los Angeles Lakers, future Hall of Famer, all of that good stuff. LeBron James is my candidate for because LeBron James last season in the bubble, the whole COVID thing. He said that listen, hey, you know, the playing game, that 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 feels good, man. You know, let these teams that were, you know, they haven't played in a while, let them let them battle it out down there and see who can be able to get to the playoffs. Cool. That makes sense. All of a sudden now, new season, 72-game season, LeBron James doesn't like the idea of a play-in. So it was good for the COVID year, but it's not good now. Hmm. Would it have anything to do with the fact that the Lakers are kind of in that boat where they may have to play in the play-in game? See, it's always cool when you're not involved in something, right? You can be able to mediate and point fingers and say, yeah, hey, that's a great idea. Let, let, let them do it. But once you got to do it, no, 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 no. I wasn't talking about me. I was just talking about those people. No, no, no. You got to do it too. There's nothing wrong with the playing tournament. It's actually a decent idea. I'm an old head and I'm okay with it. So if LeBron is crying over spilled milk about the playing game tough tough that's just the way it is it was voted unanimously by the owners by Adam Silva and that's it this is what we have now there's nothing wrong with it my whole thing with him is that don't be a hypocrite bro you can't talk about something just because oh you know COVID year and and listen there's nothing wrong with the playing game don't be that guy don't be that guy to waffle back and forth. Or, well, you know, I meant th- like, nah, nah, nah. you got to eat this one. You got to eat this one. There's not a lot of times where you're up here and, you know, you you look crazy. But right now, right now you look crazy because at the end of the day, just play. Just play like this is not a political situation. This is not social injustice where some idiot on some other network that doesn't look like you, is telling you to shut up and dribble, I'm basically just telling you to play ball. Play ball right now. Your team is struggling. They need you. Instead of you taking to your Twitter or your IG and doing all that stuff, how about you focus on getting out of that playing tournament? How about that? And the only way you can be able to do that is play. Not sit on the sidelines Not talk about certain things that's going on. Just play. Can you do that? Can you start hitting some shots? That'd be nice. Because at the end of the day, if you would have hit that shot against the Kings, maybe the Lakers wouldn't be in this situation. And the fact that we have to be struggling against teams like the Kings, that's the problem. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I guess because I'm a Laker fan, I'm a little bit more angry and agitated. Because... I don't see a team that's pushing to be the best right now. I see the Cleveland Cavaliers in Los Angeles. That's what I see. That's what I see. And it starts with the Pied Piper, number 23. Get your guys to play. Get your guys to be ready. I don't care about pictures and this and that and this quote and whatever the hell's going on. Just just win some games, man. Just win some games, before I have to turn on all of you. I don't want to do it. I love you guys too much. But get it together. Get it together. When the Knicks have the same record as you. There's a big problem. There's a big problem. Come on now. Ladies and gentlemen the jury. He is not the only person on trial today. I give you Terry Bradshaw. Terry Bradshaw said some Interesting comments about Aaron Rodgers called him weak for taking that particular stance with the organization. Aaron Rodgers reportedly has wanted the GM fired or else he's not coming back. Terry Bradshaw says that Aaron Rodgers is weak for thinking this way, that he should just shut up and play, blah, 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 blah. Okay, so let me get this straight. Terry Bradshaw is the guy that played with more Hall of Famers than I can count. Terry Bradshaw played with an organization that understood exactly what to do and they kept putting a great product in front of him. So the four Super Bowls that he won, it's thanks to the Steelers organization, the front office, as well as the great Hall of Fame players that they had come through there. So you had it very easy, didn't you, Terry? You didn't have it like Aaron Rodgers where... I can't count any Hall of Famers he played with. If you can, I'll wait. If anybody can, I'll wait. So for you to be able to criticize a guy that's not in a situation that's ideal, but you were, you sat in the catbird seat possibly your entire career. So you can be able to criticize a guy like that. You didn't play in Cincinnati because if you played in Cincinnati, you wouldn't have four Super Bowls. If you played in New York, you wouldn't have four Super Bowls. If you played in any other place in that time other than Pittsburgh, you wouldn't have four Super Bowls. So it's easy for you to sit on your high horse, your bald high horse, and talk about Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's crazy because Terry Bradshaw has always been a caricature. He's always been that guy who you just look at, he's just very silly and makes jokes But honestly, when you do things like this, it makes you look like a real dummy. Because you're so out of touch. You don't really understand exactly what you're talking about. So just don't talk. Just smile and make jokes the way you always do. Because when it comes to topics that you don't understand completely, you look like a fool. You don't understand exactly what's going on in Green Bay. Hell, you don't understand what's been going on in Green Bay for the past decade. But you have blinders on. You have the Iron Curtain blinders on, don't you? And it's okay to criticize guys, but to call them weak? The only thing weak are the little hair follicles that are on the top of your head that can't hold a toupee on. (laughs) That's that's what's weak. So don't, don't speak about Aaron Rodgers' situation. You had it good. Kudos to you. I wonder if you didn't have all those Hall of Famers, how much hair you would have lost. Hell, you would have probably been bald in year four. It's probably would have happened instead of you having the the Hulk Hogan go. <laughs> instead of you having a Hulk Hogan going on your entire career. Get out of here, man. So LeBron James and Terry Bradshaw. Let's start with LeBron James first. If losing was a team, you would own that right now. And Terry Bradshaw, sounding smart has never been your strong suit. Well, both of you guys are possibly winners for Dummy of the Week. That's all for this show. i see you guys on Saturday. Until then, stay safe, stay cool, peace. You can catch me on Twitter and Instagram at All Even Podcast. Listen to the show on Anchor, Spotify, SoundCloud, and wherever podcasts are available. And check out my YouTube channel, All Even Podcast. And don't forget to share, like, and hit that subscribe button.